Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 22. We're going to talk about a great escape that occurred in that chapter. Actually, in your textbook, you were asked to look at the great escape of the kingdom of Israel from the reign of the wicked king Ahab. And as you'll remember, Ahab was the most wicked king up to his point in the kingdom of Israel. And in 1 Kings chapter 21, the Lord made this promise. It's number five in your lesson, in your notebook. And the Lord made a promise regarding the death of Ahab. And then read chapter 22 to find the details of that promise fulfilled as God started to deliver Israel from the house of Ahab. So we're talking about the escape of the kingdom of Israel from the house of Ahab. But as we look at it for this Dig a Bit podcast, I would like for us to look at actually the escape of Micaiah the prophet. I know really of no greater personage in the Old Testament, no greater example, although it is a short one, no greater example of bravery than that of Micaiah in 1 Kings chapter 22. The chapter begins by saying they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. So the king of Israel at this time was wicked, wicked King Ahab. And the king of Israel comes down to visit him. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Don't you know that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? He says, Let's go recapture Ramoth Gilead, which is our which should rightfully be ours. And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And I don't really know why Jehoshaphat did that, except perhaps for the fact that Israel and Judah, over which Jehoshaphat was reigning, had once been one. They had once all been the people of God. And we see them making alliances sometimes in the Old Testament against those people who were the heathen nations around them. And so Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. So Jehoshaphat says, Ahab, before we go down into battle together against the Syrians, why don't you ask the prophets what the word of the Lord is? Will we be successful? As we've studied many times in the Old Testament, God gave them the answer to the battle, the end of the day of the battle before they ever actually put their armors on and went down to the battle. So this time Jehoshaphat says, let's ask the prophets. And verse 6 says, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 prophets, and said to them, should I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, go on up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hands of the king. Well, Jehoshaphat had a problem with 400 prophets all saying the same thing and all giving the good news. So he said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? You know, that must have been funny to 
Ahab and perhaps to some of the people around, 400 men had just all lifted their voices in unison and said, go up against them because God is going to deliver the Syrians into your hand. 400. And then Jehoshaphat said, but is there one more? Is there someone else we could ask? I imagine Ahab just giving a long sigh of frustration and saying, well, there is this one man, verse 8. There is one man, Micaiah, but I don't like him. I, in fact, the King James Version says, but I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. So then the king of Israel called an officer and had this servant go down to get Micaiah, and they waited on Micaiah to get there, and Zedekiah was one of the chiefs, apparently, of the 400 prophets, and he even uh, did some dramatic, he did some drama here to illustrate how God was going to push the Syrians back and let them have Ramoth Gilead back, and he made some horns out of iron, and he said, with these, you're going to push the Syrians until you have consumed them. And it says, verse 12, all the 400 prophets prophesied so, saying, go on up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord is going to deliver it into your hands. We have 400 false prophets here. 400 prophets who are saying the popular right now thing, the thing that they believe is going to get them in good with the king. I'm sure they're hoping that their prophecy is going to come true because will they be popular tomorrow must be the question that's in their minds. But they are set on pleasing those people who are powerful, the kings that are sitting there. So this messenger had gone to get Micaiah and the messenger even said to Micaiah, now when you get there, say something good. Say what all the rest of the prophets are saying. Say that we're going to defeat Ramoth Gilead. Micaiah said, whatever the Lord says to me, verse 14, whatever God says, that's what I'm going to say. He was a strong man, but he got there and he used some sarcasm first. So he came to the king and the king said, Micaiah, shall we go up against Ramoth Gilead? I can just hear the sarcasm in his voice. There's no way around it. The King James Version says, he answered him, oh, go and prosper. For the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. You know what? The king knew. The king could tell that he was being sarcastic. And he said, How many times shall I adjure you that you tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? Again, you can hear the frustration in the voice of, of the king. And he said then, I saw all of Israel scattered on the hills as sheep that don't have a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel, then Ahab, looked over at Jehoshaphat, who had vowed to be his ally in this battle. He said, Didn't I tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? Micaiah then went on, Hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him. And the Lord said, 
Who will persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, Oh, I'll persuade him. And the Lord said, How are you going to persuade him? And he said, I'm going to go forth and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now, therefore, he says, Ahab, now, therefore, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these your prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil concerning you. And at that time, this chief prophet, as we assume him to be, Zedekiah, got up and slapped Micaiah. He became so angry that he even hit Micaiah. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah, carry him back to the governor of the city, to Joash the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this guy in prison and feed him with bread, with the bread of affliction and with the water of affliction until I come in peace. Micaiah just spoke the truth, and then he was placed in prison for doing so. And really from this, we can tell that he was tortured because we, we read that he was to be fed the bread of affliction and the water of affliction. He was actually put in prison and afflicted. And so they went up to Ramoth Gilead. And you will remember that King Ahab asked Jehoshaphat to sit on the throne while he went down and actually disguised himself as a common warrior. I guess Ahab maybe thought that they would come after the king and they sure did so they came to the throne to try to get king ahab but when they discovered that it wasn't king ahab on the throne but rather jehoshaphat they stopped pursuing him and they went back down and fought the battle hard and you'll remember just as um, ahab was pretending to be a common soldier so he was wounded as a common soldier and finally then he the king died in the battle that day and it says the blood ran out of his wound all over his chariot. So there his men go after a sound defeat. They go down to get the chariot of the king. This must have been a rich royal chariot because we know that Ahab had ivory palaces. The wealth of Israel was great at this time. They went down to get this chariot, and it was the, the floor of the chariot was covered in blood that had gushed from the body of King Ahab. So they took the chariot to wash it. So we've got a, a car wash kind of thing going on here, and this blood running down from the chariot onto the ground. And then we read in verse 38 that the dogs licked up the blood of Ahab as it was being washed from that chariot and from his own personal kingly armor. So, well, I don't know if that, that may not have been a kingly armor. It may, may have just been a regular armor because he was pretending to just be a regular soldier. But whichever it was, he was bloody. His chariot was bloody. And as they washed his armor and his chariot, the blood went on the ground and the dogs licked up his blood. And you say, wait, I've, I've heard of that before. Well, that was prophesied in verse 19 of chapter 21. It says, and thou, this is Elijah going before um, 
going before King Ahab, and he says, Thou shalt speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession? And you will speak unto him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where the dogs licked the blood of Naboth, shall the dogs lick your blood, even your blood. You remember, Ahab had illegally taken the property of Naboth, just usurped his authority and he really stole the property of Naboth, which wasn't really, it wasn't really legal for Naboth to even sell that property. So Naboth was hanging on to it as the Lord willed. And Ahab took that property and had Naboth killed. Well, here in chapter 21, verse 19, God says in the same place where the dogs licked the blood of Naboth up when you had him killed, they're going to also lick your blood. And so it was in that same spot where Naboth's blood was licked up, that in chapter 22, and I know this is a violent thing to talk about, but in chapter 22, the blood of the king was licked up in the very same place. Well, that's really a short story of the account of 1 Kings chapter 21, but Rather than talking about the escape of Israel from the reign of Ahab, I want us to talk really quickly about the escape of Micaiah from the temptation to sin and how we can benefit from his great example of bravery in 1 Kings chapter 22. In verse 6, we learn that he was a lone voice. There were four hundred voices saying the popular thing, and yet he was willing to say the unpopular thing. We need that today. We need that in the United States of America today. We have so many politically correct popular voices that are absolutely going against the will of God with regard to all kinds of truths from God's Word and all kinds of ethics and all kinds of morality. The voices are popular, but they are against the will of our God. They go against the Scriptures. And we have to be lone voices in our circles, as Micaiah was. In verse 8, we learn that he was hated by powerful people. Wow. Sometimes, if we speak up and say that which is truth, we're going to be hated by some people that are more powerful than we are. It might be our employers. It might be our government officials. It might be those who have loud voices in our social circles. But sometimes when we say the truth, according to God's word, we're going to be hated by the powerful. That's what Ahab said. Oh, there's one more prophet, but I hate him. And sometimes people are going to hate us when we stand for that which is right. He endured verbal temptation. Verse 13, the messenger that went to get him said, I, I'll give you a hint. This is what you need to say in order to spare your life or spare yourself. If you want things to go good for you today, you really need to go ahead and say that we can win this battle for Ramoth Gilead. We can beat the Syrians. Go ahead and say that because that's what the king wants to hear. Sometimes we have people around us who seem to be friendly. doesn't seem like we're going up against the enemy when they speak to us. They're kind to us. They're, telling, they're giving us tips. 
but they want us to be like the world. They're helping us to fit in. They're helping us to be popular. They are inviting us into social circles in which we'll find it easier to matriculate among the people of the world. You know what? Sometimes we have to withstand verbal temptation from friendly voices. And then we see in verse 15, and this is uh, not necessarily one of the points that I'm making right now, but I love it. We see a sarcasm in verse 15. Go, go on and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. I, I love that. I love that he was willing to obviously show sarcasm in the face of the king when it was God's will. And then he had to call out the 400 prophets as liars. Verse 22, the Lord said to him, wherewith? And he said, I'll go forth and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. He had some mad prophets there. He had one that was so mad, verse 24, that he came up and hit him on the cheek when he said that the Lord had sent a lying spirit. He was, he, was not, he was around some unfriendly fire there. And yet he was willing to call out liars. Are we willing to call out liars in our society today? You know, Revelation 21.8 says all liars will have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. But sometimes we just pretend that the lying's not going on around us. We just make excuses for the cultural lies in our society. You know, the lie that says that uh, you can choose whether you want to be a man or a woman, that, that, uh, that pre-born baby is not really a baby. That's really just a, a little mass of tissue. Or, you know, we can go, or that, that drinking moderately it's not going to affect our thinking that that you know we, we can drink moderately and and not and never get drunk you know when really the truth is that first drink affects our thinking it affects our uh, our moral inhibitions we begin to be affected with the first drink I, I, it's easy for us to not call out the deception that is all around us in our society. But in verse 22, Micaiah was willing to call out liars. In verse 27, of course, he was sent to prison and he ate the bread and drank the water of affliction. Verse 27, and in verse 28, even as he was being taken away to prison, Micaiah said, well, actually, the king said, put this guy in prison till I come back in peace. That's Ahab saying, just leave him in prison till I come back. At which time Micaiah turned around as they were dragging him off to prison and said, well, if you return in peace at all, I'm just like one of those 400. I I I'm not the prophet of God. You're not coming back in peace, Ahab. You know, I'm sure Micaiah must have thought, well, if he's going to leave me there until he comes back in peace, I'm going to rot away in that prison. 
But yeah, he was willing to turn around and say that. If you return at all in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, I love the way he looked out at all the people and said, you better listen to me. Hearken, O people, every one of you. In our society where lies are happening all around us with regard to spiritual, with regard to worship, with regard to spirituality, with regard to morality, with regard to ethics, lies are prevalent all around us. We should be people who turn around after speaking the truth and saying, and say, hearken, O people, every one of you. Micaiah was a great man of God in this chapter. And you may say, yeah, but he ended up in prison. Oh no, he was the escape artist in this chapter. Because although men were trying to trap him on every hand, he escaped every one of those temptations and stood with God. He spoke nothing but what the Lord wanted him to speak. Oh, that we could be more like Micaiah. It's Great Escapes. This is the third segment for month six, The Providence. And oh, don't we see how God was providing a way both for Israel to get out from under the hand of Ahab here and Ahab's family eventually. But most of all for Micaiah here. God was providing a way of escape. There is, there is no temptation taking you but such as, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, our verse, God's going to make a way to escape. I love it. I hope you're having a great study this month, and we'll have one more Dig a Bit segment during this month. Have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.